the, then the thing that really sets me off is, well, once we have a vaccine, then everything will go back, back to normal. To normal. Yeah. And I say, <laughs> you mean like the flu vaccine that's 8% effective? Doesn't work. I catch if, I mean, uh, if I had a brake pad manufacturing company for cars and my brake pads were 8% effective, I would be out of business. George Floyd was not taken out because he was black. George Floyd was taken out because he was owed major drug money by Derek Shaven. You're making vaccines that are 8% effective for the flu that you have to change every year, which, by the way, give most people that take them the flu. The flu. And you're going to tell me that this new, and they can't sue, you can't sue them for this right. without going through the VAERS court, which is a joke. And you're going to tell me that once we have a untested, brand new, rushed through vaccine, then everything is going to go back to normal. Good luck with that. I'll tell you what, you're, they're going to test it in Africa, like they're doing, kill a bunch of Africans, pay them off $1,000 per person, which is the maximum that they have to spend if they kill somebody. So they already know that because it's way cheaper to kill them there than kill them here found out what the Chinese Communist Party, the Red Dragon, is doing to these people and have been doing to these people for the last 20 years in China, sending hundreds and thousands of innocent Falun Gong practitioners, Uyghur Muslims, house Christians, and Tibetan Buddhists. Particularly 95% of um, the victims are Falun Gong practitioners to be state-mandated hospitals, concentration camps, death camps, military facilities, uh, military facilities run by the Chinese military at the behest of the, of the highest-ranking officials of the Chinese Communist Party to create a, a legal sanctions forced organ harvesting business. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to truth defender podcast we are coming to you from the greatest country in the world state of texas more specifically deep in the heart of the Lone star state dallas texas i'm we really appreciate you guys stopping in for another episode uh if you guys are catching us on be a subscriber please consider hitting that subscribe button for us uh that'll really help us out uh you can also get and hit that bell icon so you guys don't miss an episode in the future also if you guys are feeling generous and here please consider sharing that show with a friend family member uh just go ahead and simply take the link to this show down below share it with them through email whatever you got to do uh go ahead and do that for us please that'll help us out a lot oh and you want to check us out you can find us on spotify google podcast apple podcast radio at truth defender podcast uh if you have any questions for myself or again Guest or topic recommendations, as always, you can shoot us an email over at thetruthdefender 1776com Our next guest is Mr. Lester Velez. Um, Mr. Velez is a graduate of the University of Vermont with a bachelor's in business administration. Uh, beginning in September of 1970, he served in the U.S. Army as a field artillery officer and was later vice president of Luscombe Engineering, which is a based manufacturer's representative company. I uh, joined MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, back in 1991. Held numerous positions, such as field investigator, uh, field investigators training coordinator, since state director of Northern California, chairman of AERC, which is the Inser Research Committee, and team leader of the ART Abduction Response Team, which sounds very interesting. Also, during that time, became a facilitator, support group in San Jose, California, and in 1990. 
co-founded Opus, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. Without further ado, Mr. Lester Velez, how you doing, sir? Great, Paul. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. I uh, look forward to our chat. Absolutely. We appreciate your time, um, as I mentioned before. Um, yes, we're, I guess we we're both kind of in the same boat tonight. Uh, we're all sitting back waiting for this tornado watch to go by. Uh, we also got the <laughs> rain coming in hard. Um, I'm out here kind of in between. The, it's hitting pretty rough, um, but we'll try to get through as much as we can before it. Until we, we lose power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, I actually used to live um, previously, and it, for some reason, no matter where we ended up, we always had issues with the electricity. Whenever it rained or there was any kind of storm, it seemed like it just and we all lost power um got here and it's the same thing like it just hits our block only for some reason but everybody else <laughs> lucky you <laughs> exactly i don't know what it is but uh we've we've had an issue with that for, <laughs> for right. at least right. about five six years so it's real. we'll get through it hopefully um much of the looks like it passed already it's just a little dark and windy outside so it's that's good that's good. Yeah. Good news. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, so go ahead and kind of jump in here. So um, I'm excited. First off, thank you for your service. Obviously, you served um, as well. I really appreciate that. But um, thank you. I kind of want to get into how you made the leap from being an artillery officer to getting into, you know, obviously like UFOs yeah. and such. Um, how did that kind of leap go about? It, it, it's always interesting how people get to where they are. And uh, my journey actually started when I was 11 years old, and I was living in Connecticut at the time. And it was a late October evening, and I was coming back in the house, and uh, uh, I noticed this object. This whitish oval object hovering over a tree line and it was slowly moving and it scared the hell out of me and I ran in the house and told my dad and I tried to get him to come out and by the time I convinced him to come on out uh, the thing was gone and uh, he said well it's probably just a beacon of light reflecting off the clouds and well I didn't needless to say I didn't believe that and shortly thereafter I went to the library and I picked up some books on UFOs. And uh, back in those days, this is the late 50s, uh, George Adamski was the guy that was really the, the main speaker with regard to the UFO phenomena. Uh, you know, he, he wrote a couple of books about his experiences with the Venusians. And, I mean, it was, it was something that a, a young boy would just totally get into. And so I was into it for a while, but then it kind of faded. And, uh, you know, other things uh, became more important in my life, and I, I kind of forgot about it. And went off to college, the University of Vermont, and I was in the ROTC program, and that's how I got hooked up with the Army and the artillery. And uh, shortly thereafter, uh, I got married, and... Uh, uh, Spent two years active and four years reserve uh, with, with the Army. And uh, in 1985, 
I moved out to California. And I picked up the newspaper one day, and uh, Stanton Freeman, who a nuclear physicist, was going to talk at San Jose City College about UFOs and a government cover-up. Well, I tell you, it was like somebody threw a switch. I, I, I said, oh, man, I got I to gotta go see this guy. And so I went there expecting to see a handful of people. But in fact, the place was packed, it was about 300 people there and uh, filled up the auditorium. And on my way out, um, MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, uh, which was founded actually here in Texas, in Sedin, Texas, by a couple of engineers, uh, had a table there. And they talked about the fact that they had a, a monthly journal. And so I started to get the journal and reading about all these cases that uh, people were talking about. And these were all sighting type cases. Sure. And um, so after a while, though, it, it wasn't enough for me. I, I said, well, okay, I got to do something more. Uh, so I found out that they had a, a training course for field investigators. So I took that and I passed that and uh, started to go out in the field with a, a more seasoned uh, investigator but most of the cases almost without exception were not only sightings but people talked about the fact that they had contact with non-human intelligences so that really started to get my interest and one of the things that came out of that was that these people would ask me you know did i know of other people having similar experiences and i said yes i do and so the next thing I know, I'm facilitating a support group in San Jose in my office at Luscombe Engineering. Sure. And uh, it, it, was, it was remarkable because I learned so much about this phenomena. You know, a lot of people talk about it as abductions. Other people talk about it as, as an experience. Other people talk about it as, a con, as contact. And so... I generally use the term experiencer uh, because it's kind of a neutral thing because some people have had very positive experiences and other people have had very negative experiences with, with the phenomena. Right. So uh, shortly after I started to do that, um, I got written up in, a, in the Monterey Coast Weekly paper uh, about what I was doing with MUFON. And uh, I got a call shortly after that came out from a woman in uh, Carmel, uh, California, that said, you know, I would really like to understand what's going on with my brain when I'm in contact with these off-earthly entities. Well, right. I, to myself, I was saying, how the hell can I possibly help a person like this? <laughs> and uh, so I, I kind of was, you know, not too excited about it, but then she said she was working with a, an emergency room doctor in Carmel. And I had a friend at the time uh, who was a doctor, and he was very interested in contacting other doctors that were familiar with the, the phenomena. So I called him up and I said, hey, why don't we go down and see this lady and, and see, see what we can do, if anything. And so one Saturday afternoon, we went down there. And so as we walked into the house, there was a picture on the wall. 
And in the picture, she she was standing on the back of this vessel, if you will, this rather large boat. And I said, so what are you doing there? And she says, oh, I was helping these treasure hunters. I said, really? I said, how were you helping the treasure hunters? And she says, well, I was in contact with the captain of the galleon that had gone down. <laughs> and so right away, we said, holy smokes, you know, what? What, what what's going on, folks? Well, we come to find out that she had had a near-death experience. And afterwards, mm. she became very psychic. And uh, with that ability, she she was able to contact not only living people, but uh, understanding what was going on with them, but people like the captain of the galleon that had gone down. And uh, so... Uh, we came away that afternoon and said, well, how can we possibly help these people? And that was the afternoon that OPUS, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support, was hatched. And uh, subsequently, in 1994, we became a 501c3 nonprofit organization recognized by the IRS, which always cracks me up. You know, paranormal and the IRS, you know, <laughs> that's always... Uh, yeah, yeah. oxymoron in some, some way shape or form but right, um, right. anyway um, the uh, the consequences of all of this is, is really interesting because from that uh, so many things have occurred in uh, 2007 uh, you know I, I was a member I'm still a member of, of MUFON uh, and uh, so uh, I went to the international director, who at the time was James Carrion, and I said, you know, you guys have always been a nuts and bolts type organization, and you've kind of neglected these people that claim that they've had experiences with non-human intelligences. And so I think we really need to, to understand that better and, and help these people. So what they did, uh, which, you know, to this day, I'm really thankful that they did this, that all the calls that were coming in uh, to MUFON from people looking for help with regard to their experiences, I was getting the phone call. They were forwarded to me, and I was doing triage on it and finding out what these people wanted. Then at the time, the only thing that I could do for them besides talk to them about their experiences was to... Uh, uh, refer them to a hypnotherapist because a lot of these people, when they contacted us, were looking for uh, the, uh, to, the ability to understand what had happened during their experience because a lot of the things they could not remember on a conscious level. And so they needed to have a professional take a look at that and see if they could bring up that memory in some way, shape, or form. So, um, and then during that period as well, they asked us, uh, they asked me to set up a, a, a group uh, to analyze uh, these people. And so we actually put a study together called the Omega-3 study, which you can find on the OPUS website, which is at opusnetwork.org opusnetwork.org, <clears throat> and you look in the uh, documents and articles section, and at the bottom, you'll find the Omega-3 study, 
which took 71 people that claimed that they had experience with non-human intelligences and 51 people that were a control group. And we found out some very, very interesting things. And so I have that, that, that conclusion, which I can read to you, which I think you'll find sure. quite, quite interesting. Um, in general, abductees experiencers profile differently than do their comparison counterparts on a number of general uh, psychological and specific neurological variables. Yet there are remarkable similarities between the experiential group and the comparison group. It should be noted that in no case did experiencers or comparison group participants show any signs of mental illness or personality disorder. So they had no psychopathology. I mean, these people were not crazy, all right? right? And that's something that comes up all the time when, you know, talking to a lot of people, you know, debunkers, if you will, that say, oh, yeah, these people are, you know, have, have issues in that regard. Well, right. fantasy proneness is another one that, you know, a lot of people have talked about that, oh, they're, they're just fantasy prone. Well, doesn't appear to play a differentiating role between the experiential and the control group. However, sensitivity to alternative realities and early concurrent paranormal or psychic experiences seem to play a role in the abduction experience. Childhood conflict, psychosocial tension and abuse, trauma more than likely facilitate a dissociative coping style in later life. Now, dissociation doesn't mean it's a psychopathology. It's just something that people have developed to deal with certain things, uh, uh, as I mentioned uh, previously. How much a part dissociation plays in the abduction experience remains an open question, but abuse trauma dissociation pathway remains a viable descriptive if not explanatory principle. Uh, both experience with an interest in the abduction phenomena have impact on how one's body is perceived, the function, how one views the world, and one's purpose in it, and how one defines or redefines one's faith, tradition, and beliefs. In essence, both experience with and interest in contact seem to change one's sense of self and one's worldview. And people have come back after these experiences with really the same kind of thoughts that, hey, we need to be better stewards of the planet, you know, take care not to pollute. Uh, be better to one another, love one another. I mean, these are all very positive things that people come back with. Um, abductees experience believe that there is a sentient purpose of alien intelligence at play in their lives and at work in the world. What the intelligence's goals are seen to be more beneficent than malevolent, more benign than malignant. This, though, remains an open question and a point of doubt in the minds and hearts of some abducting experiences and some comparison control participants. And, you know, you have a group of people like uh, uh, David Jacobs and, and Bud Hopkins that have always felt that these experiences are very negative. Uh, these are all bad guys. And then you have Stephen Greer, who's on the other side, that says, oh, they're all good, no problem, you know. Don't worry about it. Well, I think we have good people and bad people uh, here on Earth. And I think we have the same thing going on up there, wherever there is. Uh, that w there's, there's good, good 
groups and there's bad groups. And then even within groups, there's good ones and bad ones. Uh, so it's very difficult, to, I think, to uh, make a blanket statement that they're all bad or they're all good. And one of the things that uh, have, we, we found recently in a study, uh, which uh, we just completed the first phase of, is the omega-4 study, a follow-on to the omega-3, how clever of us to name it the omega-4, <laughs> that uh, uh, these people, uh, 80%, almost 80%, uh, feel that they don't want the experience to stop. And so the remaining 25 to 20% who have had very negative experience certainly want them to stop. But right. the vast majority can want them to continue. So it can't be all that bad. Uh, and, and so uh, th this, this we found to be uh, quite, quite interesting. Um, and one of the things in the omega-3 study uh, that uh, came out of it uh, was that the brain generally and the temporal lobes and the limbic system more particularly play a mediating role in anomalous experiences such as abduction. So this, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, things that really need to be looked at even more deeply because people like uh, Gary Nolan from Stanford University and Kate Green have worked with uh, experiencers and found that in their in their brain, uh, in, in the connections between the, the, the roof of the caudate and the, and the top of the putamen area, there's a lot more connections uh, in people that have psychic abilities. You know, being able to uh, have telepathic communications, uh, transmit uh, certain things telepathically, uh, and then we found out that uh, you know it was it was. Uh, uh, generational, that the parents and grandparents would have the same things going on. And, right. and people have asked that, you know, why why me? Why, why is this happening to me? Well, I think it's being followed. Uh, the, these uh, aliens, uh, if you will, we use that terminology, have uh, are, are following gener generations to, to see how this is all playing out. Have we, have they created this? Or is there something that they're they're tuned into because people have that ability? Well, that's that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question, as they say. If you you're probably too young to remember that game show. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, it's odd. I mean, so I guess one of the things I'm interested in that I read here is that you guys have an abduction response team now. I guess when individuals have instances abducted or, you know, whatever kind of experience they have, mm -hmm. do they, I mean, is there like a hotline or is there just like emails? Does that whole yeah. thing kind of play yeah. out with them? Well, there's two parts of this. One is, is what we had started with MUFON. Right. And that, that thing that uh, the abduction experience or resource, resource committee and the abduction response team that was all part of MUFON that was around 2008-2009 uh, timeframe. And that has morphed now into the MUFON ERT, the Experiencer Resource Team. And their basic uh, thing that's going on with them is that if people hit the MUFON site and they have the ability to 
uh, click on uh, a tab that says, uh, okay, I, you know, I believe I've had an abduction and I want to tell my story. And uh, it goes to this ERT group. And then someone within the ERT would contact that person and talk to them and find out what's going on. Okay. okay. Well, the same thing now uh, is happening with Opus. And we have our website. And there's, there's a tab on our uh, site that says support. And when you click the support button, it takes you to an area where you can fill out, you know, a brief description of, of, of what you want. Uh, and there's a few tabs. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, great. Um, and um, you can, yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, it's still kind of loading in, but it'll get there. It's yeah, fun it's, 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 yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a whole on the right side here. There's a uh, 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 basically a uh, uh, a chart that right. gives you what it is that you want. Like, do you want a hypnotherapist? Do you want to join the support group, the online support group? So you fill out that section, give us a little background on your experience and uh, contact information. Okay. And uh, so uh, that way, uh, as soon as we get one of those, uh, generally either myself or another person in our group will take a look at that. Depending upon what they're looking for, uh, we will respond to them, usually within 24 hours, um, and send them information on a referral to a hypnotherapist or uh, if they want to join the support group. Uh, we'll put them into the support group. Uh, and there are cases where, you know, depending upon what they write, you know, there, there may be a, a phone call made uh, because they're asked to give us their phone, phone number. Uh, and of course, it's not necessary that you give us your phone number, but, you know, we ask for it. And uh, uh, that way we can talk to the person and find out, you know, perhaps they might need something different than what we can offer, you know, like a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist even. Uh, but a lot of people, <clears throat> having had these experiences, already have gone to a psychologist or psychiatrist to find out that they're not crazy. So then what? Where do they turn? Because they can't turn to their their their, their family a lot of times. They can't, uh, you know, turn to their coworkers. They can't talk to their, their clergy. You know, it, it puts them in a, in a really awkward position. And, and so it's a very stressful, stressful type of a situation for them uh, because they don't know where to turn. So that's what we've been doing now since, you know, 94, 1994 uh, with, the, with the idea of trying to give support to these people. And this is free. This is absolutely free. Um, and we we survive on donations. That's that's how we we survive. Uh, although recently I wrote a book uh, uh, called "The Unknown Other" and, and the existential proposition of alien contact, which all the proceeds from that book uh, go directly to Opus, and that's helped out uh, quite a bit uh, recently. Yeah, there it is. Right. And um, you can click on that, and it takes you to Amazon. And in the um, uh, library section uh, at the top of the page, uh, 
we have books, uh, a lot of different books that we recommend uh, with regard to this phenomena. And uh, uh, we are an affiliate of Amazon. And so if you uh, click on any of the pictures uh, right. of the books, uh, <laughs> you're having an issue with the, uh, yeah, it's uh, the browser. It's on yeah, my end. Yeah, it's definitely not the yeah. website for everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, and and uh, we get we get a commission uh, for the sale, so that's helpful. Uh, so there's various ways that we you know we're trying to uh, come up with funding because we do have expenses. I mean, you know, when you run a website and you, and you run uh, various things, uh, you know, Zoom is not you know you have to pay for Zoom. <laughs> we do yeah, we do yeah. monthly Zoom meetings uh, for the experiencers as well. Uh, and uh, we've had uh, interviews that I've done with various people like Linda Howe and uh, Melinda Leslie and Yvonne Smith and Terry Lovelace, all of which are advisory board members uh, for Opus. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how, uh, how this has all come down over the years, you know, and how I got involved with it. Uh, how about yourself? Let me ask you a question. I sure. Mean, what made you get into this uh, field? Ooh. So I would say try not to nail ourselves down all too much, you know, into one topic. We, for, we're kind of all over the page when it comes to like all kinds of paranormal. So we, we you know, we come from like the alien side of it to like Sasquatch and Bigfoots and then to mm -hmm. other kind of, and demonic possessions and all kinds of crazy things. And it's just been, I guess, those kind of unknown topics that I've always had an interest in. Obviously, there's, there's since forever, I guess, starting back with Art Bell, um, covering these kinds of things. But, you know, I started this whole show kind of right um, back in 2020. Um, and it's just because I wanted to find things about topics that I just hadn't heard of yet uh -huh. on other shows. Very specific things that I wanted to know about. Um, and, you know, we've had a whole bunch of guests on. Have you had, your own, have you had your own experience? I've had an experience, not with UFOs that I'm, they, that I would consider UFO, um, but very much so in the realm of like, ghosts and things like uh -huh. that um, well that's you know that's, some, that's something that um you know opus does is not strictly involved with the abduction phenomena uh right. you know as our name says organization for paranormal understanding sport and what what is the word paranormal cover well it covers a broad range of things just like what you just talked about you know right. we have you know spiritual awakening, that kundalini awakening. We have poltergeist activity. We have angels and demons, orbs, you name it, ghosts. Uh, you know, it, it's, all, it's all part of this. It, it, it's all part of the puzzle. It's all connected. And one of the things that the first phase of the Omega-4 study, what we did is we, took, we went out to therapists that are working with these experiencers. And here's what they came back with as far as the number one thing that these experiences were talking about, number one, it was the grays that they had contact with. The second thing is orbs. 
The third thing was interdimensional beings. And the fourth thing was ghosts. And there's a lot of connection. And then you talked about Sasquatch. Sasquatch and UFOs are, are connected in a big way. You, you have all kinds of sightings like that where someone sees a Sasquatch or Bigfoot or whatever, and there's a UFO sighted or a huge light in, in the forest, and, and then the, the entity Sasquatch disappears. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And, you know, we understand so little of all of this. And so the only thing we can do now is to help and support people that are having these experiences and know that they're not crazy they're, and they're not alone. And there's there are people that can help them. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think of like Sasquatch and such, and, and I've always the mind that that they've they might be some kind of lost primitive species of some kind that's mm -hmm. been here on there. Everything that I've seen with regards to Sasquatch with kind of regards that they're like inter interdimensional beings of some kind. Mm -hmm. Um you know obviously said that you know when when people see them be some kind of UFO over the top or you know maybe like like a mile or two down the road or something. Uh, I've heard so many stories about that as well. Um and that kind of leads me more to believe that they're not, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, because no one's ever found a body. And if there was, yeah. I mean, you know, these things have to die. Point. So, I mean, if there's really out there, somebody would stumble upon one, you know, maybe by chance, but nobody yeah. ever does. You know? I mean, you hear, you hear stories about people shooting them, you know, yeah. and, and, they never find a body. They just never find a body. And you, you mentioned, you know, the fact that it, interdimensionality of this uh, phenomenon. Well, you know, people talk about, well, is it extraterrestrial in nature? Is it interdimensional? Is it time travelers? Is it our military involved in being involved? Or is it all the above, which I kind of think it is. I think it's all the above. I mean, you have cases of time travelers. You have cases of interdimensionality. Uh, you've got cases, certainly, of extraterrestrials, uh, you know, being involved. It, so it, it's it's very very broad uh, with regard to the phenomena. It, it's not just one thing. Right. No, I, I definitely it's the military side of things, um, especially when it comes to dogman and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. uh, only because I. When I was stationed overseas, and I was actually in the Middle East for a while, and you would hear service members like seeing these things, like being not unleashed, but you know, seeing them like roaming the the mountains, Afghanistan, and things like mm -hmm. that. And and I always heard stories that that until we later later on, like along the line of our time in. A, maybe kind of towards the end that they would that these things going to be seen more often like all of a sudden they just showed up um and i had spoken to some bit boys that i know that were out there um and i had one of them peak confirm in a roundabout way 
that they were used as weapons out there that they like naturally in the wild that they were actually made and released Hmm. every purpose um Mm -hmm. never really kind of got to and that was just kind of all he would ever tell me so it's yeah like you hear stories from friends of friends of friends of friends and they say things and it's um that was one of the more consistent stories that i had heard that they and unleashed as weapons in the middle east how they ended up here i don't know but it's kind of a weird well we we need to <laughs> release a whole bunch of those against the russians in the ukraine right now, right? <laughs> yeah it's it's i mean there would be kind of more of the uh is that you know you would see them out there especially like in eastern europe and that's kind of where like the whole werewolf thing started so yeah it's true yeah so romania and hungary and places like that <laughs> transylvania <Yeah>. and it's <laughs> that that kind of lead a bit of a conflict because you would always hear stories of werewolves and things like that in those parts of the world but then you know about the u.s government possibly being involved with creating and unleashing them as weapons and that so mm. you hear a lot of weird things um at, at i would say five to six just yeah you know kind of been putting stories together and stuff so um it's a lot it's extremely it's oh it is it is i'm it's always very the the cryptid uh you know aspects of all of this is, is very interesting uh you know all the shows that are on, you know, television about those kind of things, uh, you know, right. very popular on the Science Channel and Travel Channel and uh, History Channel, you know, covering a lot of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I like yeah. watching it all. <laughs> no, sure, yeah, it's always it's always fun to watch, but it's kind yeah. of a uh, not with with a healthy bit of skepticism as well. That whenever I see those kind. Of when it comes to like ghost shows and such and mm. and how they've exploded over the past year um it kind of makes me think that maybe some of those shows kind of drive people's imaginations as well um oh, it's certainly. always a possibility oh, so it's yeah so it's kind of a, a weird thing <laughs> yeah well that, that goes back to you know when when people contact us too um right. you know uh, you know how legitimate is is the uh a situation that they're they're telling us, and uh, it, it becomes very evident very quickly uh, once they get into the support group. Uh, uh, the support group is very savvy, <laughs> and uh, you know they'll they'll pick out somebody pretty quickly that's uh, probably uh, uh, blowing smoke up people's uh, tailpipes, uh, right. so to speak. <laughs> and uh, the next thing they know. Uh, uh, because not people stop responding to them that they 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 disappear <laughs> fairly quickly, but uh, yeah. you know we try to we try to do a triage ahead of time uh, with these people to make sure that that that's not the case. But uh, you you get them every once in a while that slip through, and so you have to deal with it uh, in various ways. Um, you know the the book that I I put out there the unknown other basically, you know, begins with a, a story about me and, and Opus and how it got created, but it, then it goes into the, the, the nitty gritty of the physical aspects of the, the phenomena, the psychological aspects, uh, talk about, 
the implants, uh, the hybrids, uh, uh, the, the UAP report that came out uh, by the government last June. Uh, you know, uh, so it goes into really uh, detail. Uh, the thing that impressed me the most, I guess, was the, 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 the things that uh, uh, Dr. Roger Lear, who's since passed away, did with implants. Uh, you know, he, he had 17 patients that he uh, removed these implants. And you talk about evidence. It, it's remarkable. I mean, you know, these things have no inflammatory rejection reaction by the body. Right. First of all, which is highly unusual. The body doesn't like anything in there, you know, other than what's supposed to be there. There's no visible portal of entry. Um, there's a, a whole bunch of uh, specialized nerve endings around these things. Uh, there's an outer coating of a ceramic biological material. Uh, there's a metallic phase where inorganic metal becomes biological tissue. Uh, one of the things that he found was that there is emission of radio waves, which are deep space frequencies in the FM band, electromagnetic fields in excess of 10 milligauss, the composition of meteoric iron, 66 rare earth elements, such as U-236, non-terrestrial isotopic ratios indicating the involved elements do not come from Earth. I mean, it goes on and on and on, and, and you know, and I, I go into more detail in the book, uh, about all these things and, and the fact that folks, we don't know what it is. They, they tried to cut these things and they, they even with a laser and they couldn't cut them. Uh, so, you know, it's like, what in the hell is this thing doing in a person's body? Is it transmitting, which obviously they did find that it was transmitting, but also is it a tracking device or is it a monitoring device of some sort? I've heard uh, somebody talk about the fact that well they're monitoring our the pollution levels in the body. Now isn't that a nice thing for the aliens to do? They they want they're concerned about our pollution in our bodies. Uh, I don't know about that one, but you know that's certainly something I've heard of late. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know this I go into like I say the psychological aspects. You know. A lot of these debunkers say, well, it's sleep paralysis. That's, that's all it is. You know, these people are just imagining things. Well, two-thirds of all the cases, whether in the bedroom or not, do not involve sleep paralysis. False memory syndrome is another one. Well, the American Psychological Association or any other mainstream psychological diagnostic system has either ratified or proven such a diagnosis. And then, as I mentioned earlier, fantasy proneness such as the omega-3 study, which I talked about, do not play, uh, or other studies indicate that this is a factor. So, you people are not crazy. Something is going on. But what is it? You know, is it, as I said, extraterrestrial, interdimensional, uh, time travelers, military, or all the above? That kind of thing. It, it, it's phenomenal, phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm sure it's very eloquently. Um, can't have one without the probably, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I mean, I guess so. Eric, do you kind of see that like these maybe kind of 
intensify like more sightings let's say like did you guys see any kind of spikes happening when there was any kind of like you know maybe something kind of not correlating but whenever the hysteria maybe you guys had more well i'm sure you might have had more case during the lockdown but does that kind of correlate? You get, you get, you you know, a, a number of people in the support group have already indicated that they had premonitions about the 9-11 situation. Um, now, whether that actually drove them to our site, is that's, that's another question that I'm not right. sure about. However, uh, there's been numerous cases where people have these premonitions, uh, which have turned out to be true. Um, there's there's a, a, a woman uh, that was a, a Bulgarian clairvoyant uh, who died in 1996, but she had uh, documented the 9/11 uh, situation, and uh, which obviously came true. Uh, but she also had another uh, uh, premonition, uh, which I hope the hell does not come true, which she claimed that in 2027, a large asteroid would hit the Earth, guided here by the aliens. And now this, this gets even more crazy because I sent this story to Linda Howe, Linda Moulton Howe, who does Earth Files, <clears throat> who I've known for years and years. Matter of fact, she wrote the foreword to my book. And... Um, I said, this is, this is wild. And so she sends me back an article from NASA, okay? And this, this was uh, uh, at a, NASA was at a conference in Japan. And this was in, uh, let's see, uh, there's a date here somewhere. Um, oh, 2017, that this, this conference took place in Japan. And, and the, the title of the uh, uh, presentation was Asteroid, Asteroid's Chance of Earth Impact in 2027, now 96%. Wow. <laughs> and it said on this, this presentation, on the PowerPoint, exercise only. Exercise only. What a freaking con... <laughs> coincidence that is so um uh, and supposedly they, they had a graph of where this asteroid is going to come in over china over japan and, and hit in the pacific ocean so it's a good thing we're in texas <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I, I i moved from california i think i'm glad i moved from california um but i mean what a synchronistic type of a situation where I see this article one morning, I sent it off to her and she sent me back this thing that NASA did this presentation in Japan in 2017. And this just, right. this just happened, you know, a couple of months ago. So, um, and, and, you know, people with psychic abilities are phenomenal. Uh, I've, I've worked with a psychic up in Canada who's worked with the, uh, uh, the uh, police up there finding bodies and missing people and things of that nature. And to be able to, to um, uh, 
tell a person about their past or their future uh, is 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 unbelievable. Uh, one of the cases she worked on was a woman had come to her and she wanted to find out some things, and so she was telling her. And then all of a sudden, with, without this woman prompting her, she said, "I got to tell you something." I said, "Your son is in trouble, uh, and you need to really pay attention to him." uh because uh, he, he might uh, commit suicide and she says well we know he's he's got issues but i don't think he's you know he's he's that far gone so to speak uh, and uh she comes back uh like a month later or something and her son did commit suicide uh, and and so how the hell does that happen Another case, yeah, another yeah. case, a, 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 a doctor, a woman doctor, you might have heard about this woman. She's pretty well known, but I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Um, had been on a uh, kayaking uh, trip down in South America and went over a falls in this kayak and got trapped underneath the falls for over 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And during that time, she sees these loving entities and, and just this tremendous amount of warmth coming out of these entities and love and she she basically didn't want to you know go back come back she to be with them and they said no you have to you have to go back and you have things that you need to do and then they told her that her son who was a little boy at the time when he turned 18 would die well Needless to say, she went back. She never said anything to her son. And shortly after he turned 18, he was in a car accident and died. <laughs> How the hell does that work? Yes. You know, time, time, time and space. You can, you can manipulate time and space. And that happens a lot with abductions. People have missing time. Or they're taken and they they come back before they were they were taken. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, all kinds of manipulation of time. Um, I had a case. Uh, this couple was uh, picnicking up at a state park uh, north of Santa Cruz in uh, Northern California, and uh, they were coming out of the park, and uh, they saw this light over the ocean, and uh, they, they, they kept watching because it kept getting bigger and bigger until it literally was over their head. And it was a triangular craft about the size of a small Learjet. And this craft went into a canyon behind them and sat there. This They saw another light over the ocean. This thing came in. Again, another triangular craft. First one, they felt they were looking at it. Second one, they felt it was looking at them. They became frightened. Right. And this craft went into the canyon behind them, sat next to this other craft. This happened five more times. There were seven of <laughs> these crafts. Man. Anyway, at that point, they felt like they were on cruise control, and they started to drift. They felt like they were drifting out of the park. And uh, this this area, which I went up there with them to, to see this area, even during the day, because it's heavily wooded, it's, it's kind of dark. Uh, and, and, and rocky, you would have a hard time getting out of there during the day, let alone at night. And so 
they 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 got down to the bottom, and that's the last thing they remember until three hours later, they find themselves in a restaurant, which is only five to 10 minutes away. And they have no idea yeah, how yeah. it happened. I've had so many instances of, of that exact same thing where I kind of remember getting into the, and then all of a sudden I'm like an hour, all of a sudden, then all of a sudden I snap too, and I'm just like, like I'm just driving, but I don't remember how I got there. I've yeah. had a, a lot of different instances, and I where you just like kind of snap to, and all of a sudden you're just there, like yeah, it's just like where, where, like where was Isn't I? That like that's like the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life, and it, it tends to happen, which is scary. Yeah, well, they thing. say that it can be very hypnotic, uh, you know, especially if you're driving a long, longer distance. Uh, right. You know, you 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 can almost become hypnotized by. Fact, I, I get in the car, I get very comfortable, very relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> Although so driving in, in Texas <laughs> on the yeah. road, you shouldn't yeah. be too relaxed. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a phenomenon that that that's uh, not unusual where people talk about that. Uh, you know, where they all of a sudden, you know, they they get in their car and they're 40 miles from where they were and they don't remember how the hell they got there. <laughs> It's, One of the things definitely... that, back in 1992, the Roper Organization did a survey uh, here in the United States that was commissioned by uh, um, David Jacobs and uh, Bud Hopkins and uh, uh, financed by uh, Robert Bigelow. And uh, mm -hmm. they, they found that at that time, there was like 6 million people in the United States alone that had had an experience like that, this, this phenomenon. Well, move forward in time. How many more people do you think is, is happened to? But it's a worldwide event. Right. We have people in the support group all over the world from New Zealand, Australia, South America, Africa, all of Europe, uh, Asia. I mean, it, it, it's happening all over. Matter of fact, somebody said the other day, which I'm getting to kind of believe that we've all had an experience. We've all had an experience. We just don't remember it. We don't remember it, you know? And uh, I'm kind of starting to lean in that direction uh, that no matter, you know, if you remember or you don't remember, it's probably happened. I mean, I had a case, okay, th this is interesting. In one of the support groups, person said to me, I've seen you before. Oh, really? A UFO conference, a grocery store, what? Oh, no, I've seen you on board the craft. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I, I didn't I didn't believe it at the time. You know, I kind of blew it up. And uh, it was like a year and a half, two years later, a totally different person says, says to me in the group, I've seen you before. I said, really? A UFO conference, uh, you know, grocery store? No, no. I saw you on board the craft. You were sitting on this bench naked and you were freaking out. And they told me to go over to you to calm you down. Well, needless to say, I decided then to get some regression done. I went to three different people and I found out nothing in that regard. However, I had multiple past lives, multiple past lives. Right. And I talked about this to another person that I know, a friend of mine, and, and they said, you know what? Maybe, maybe 
you had an experience in a past life that you don't remember. That's why you don't remember it. Um, and that's one of the, I have, by the way, in the book, I have like 25 stories from people that are in our support group that have related their stories. And one of the stories by a gentleman by the name of Adam talks about that the aliens were talking to him about reincarnation and that it is a fact folks it's it's a fact yeah. and uh, so if that's the case and and you've heard stories i'm sure about people you know young people talking about uh it's a pretty famous case right now where a young boy started talking about well this airplane that he was flying on the aircraft carrier and the name the aircraft carrier and i mean it went through the whole thing had all his remembrances. And, and, I mean, you know, he's never picked up a book, never read about it or anything. And this this goes on time and time again, where people, this one story where a, 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 a boy was born with three fingers missing. Well, it turned out that this reincarnation uh, was of a person that had his three fingers chopped off. <laughs> And so he was born with three fingers missing. And then another person had a mark on their chest where obviously a bullet had gone through and he was reincarnated from a person that got shot. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's definitely, they definitely do exist. We, we spoke with, I guess would remember we spoke with uh, Dave and Carla who are actually um, Dr. David, Bettenhausen and Carla Bonnie kid, they were actually, they had, I think they had like 27 or 29 past life experiences with each other. Like they, they uh -huh. were with each other every single life. They were, you know, either yeah. related to each other or something. Yeah. Um, and they would still come back around each other and they would meet like over and over again. So, um, and it as well and how they reincarnated and, you know, things like that. And, we even uh -huh. spoke with um, Preston, yeah. a member of MUFON as well, and he speaks very much about how where choose like where to come, like which family to be a part of, and which life to be in, and stuff like that. And and you know we're only here for a certain amount of time, and here meant to experience certain things, you know, want to experience and have to experience on Earth, and then after. Our you know, we're gone. So <laughs> I believe in a lot of, you know, reincarnation. Well, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how, how, by the way, I'm going to be interviewing Preston myself because uh, I, nice. one of the things that we do on the uh, Opus website, we have an Opus interview series. And, and so we, we, we're interviewing people like that. And uh, um, the, um, Reincarnation thing to me is very interesting. And I always think about the fact that how lucky I am that I'm living now here in the United States and not in some third world country where, you, you know, disease is prevalent, uh, malnutrition is prevalent, you know, all kinds, you know, you know, gangs running wild and, and all this kind of stuff, you know, you fear for your life every, every day. You know, how lucky you and I are that we live where we live uh, yeah. as opposed to someplace else. Uh, and, and so 
I'm, I'm glad I chose to come here. <laughs> yeah, it's it was like a weird thing when it when it comes to reincarnation. I them as well, you know, to Preston is David uh, Carla about this as well, and I think we've had Preston on about three or four times. Um, he has some great stories as well, but oh yeah, we kind of spoke about you know if we've all had instances of being we're all aware of our lives right now why isn't i mean obviously when it comes to reincarnation remember their past lives or there was maybe some kind of a block put in place that you wouldn't remember um and i wonder if in those past lives as well we were aware of the fact that that there might be something like that that exists we're to sit down and look at ourselves and think i'm aware in right now and there might be other lives that i've lived in the past and other lives that all future that that kind of barrier always frustrates me that that i'm not able to remember like what happened at all but yeah um, you know it's it's always been one of those things that i just hate <laughs> about it it's yeah i mean it it it, it is fascinating that we don't remember Although some people do, you know, and yeah. they, they're they able to, I mean, there was a very famous woman uh, who uh, uh, basically solved a lot of the uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics and, and, and things of that nature because she, she felt uh, that she lived during that time period. And so she could read the hieroglyphics. She could uh, even speak the language. I mean, it was like, <laughs> what a incredible incredible uh thing to happen um so yeah as i say we we just don't understand a lot of this it, 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 it's phenomenal phenomenal yeah. it is but it's also frustrating that we kind of sit that maybe we'll like actually never know which also kind of frightens me because i i would love to experience like what's out other galaxies and planets and just the fact that knowing that that's out there but we'll never be able to get to see it is really like upsetting you know it's it's i would love to experience like other uh-huh. races or all kinds of crazy well, planets and like other civilizations we get to see well i think i think there's a way to do that i mean you know people talk about as astral you think your astral body Actually. and you know um Move, move among the stars uh, with it. Uh, you, you, people have, I think, written. I know they've written books about it and how to do it, even uh, to you can move, move out of your body and uh, things of that nature, and uh, just uh, experience things that you can't do with your solid body. You know, but that this energy when we die doesn't die. It just it just goes out there and continues on just continues continues on right yeah looking forward to it <laughs> it's uh it's, you know speaking of out of body experiences as well um that was, that was our last discussion with Preston Dennett as well he wrote a good book about that um he's actually body several times so hopefully yeah. he gets to get, you know one day and I was looking forward to the kind of learning a little bit of how to do it but it, it kind of freaks me out so maybe one day Sure. Actually, get down to it. 
Well, I think I think that's it. I mean, you know, when you're ready, you're ready, and when you're, you know, yeah, and it sounds like you're not quite ready yet. It's like one of the things that we talk about with people that uh, come to us and are looking for a hypnotherapist. I, I always counsel them on the fact that you know you need to be sure that you want to do that because you may find out something you don't want to know, and it's the old you know. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube once it's out, or it's very difficult to. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We don't want to do that. Um, yeah, but I, I guess as we kind of, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time today. Um, I guess we can kind of, so you, so you do have the book, The Unknown Other and the Proposition of Alien Contact. Uh, now, that's obviously available on Amazon uh, for right. everybody that wants to pick up the book. I'll actually have the links down below in the show notes, as well as the link to the website, which is www.opusnetwork.org. Um, and we'll mention down below as well, just in case anybody who's ever, you know, actually had an experience and they just didn't know who to turn to prior to this. You guys are seeing this now. Um, but I guess what kind of um, process does that do they have to kind of go through? Obviously, they have to fill out the information, and do they get a calls? And yeah, they... what, what, like I say, within 24 hours, we'll, we'll contact them. Um, okay. Either you know, uh, with a referral if they're looking for a therapist, um, and uh, also uh, if they're looking to be put into the online support group, uh, we'll send them an invitation uh, to the group, uh, which explains how. Uh, you know, they need to uh, uh, get into it. And uh, so it's very, very straightforward. Uh, and it's very quick. <laughs> uh, right. I don't I don't like to sit on anything. And uh, I'm the one that sees most of these things that come in, uh, because I'm always very interested in making sure that, uh, you know, we respond in a, in, a, in a reasonable amount of time, which for me is 24 hours. I, I I don't like to sit on it any longer than that. Sure. And is it, I guess, how red is that kind of net? Do you guys have, I guess, like, uh, what would they be like, this or, or things like that yeah. like around the world? Or do they? Yeah, uh, we, we have people in the UK. We have people mostly in the United States. Um, and some of these uh, therapists will work via Zoom uh, or Skype. Uh, which then makes it possible for people from around the world uh, to uh, uh, get involved. Uh, but right now, mainly the United States and uh, Europe, uh, where predominantly, uh, although we've been working recently in Australia and New Zealand, and uh, we have people in the support group from South America. Uh, so... Uh, you know, we, we, we're trying to network with as many people from all over the world. Uh, but if you look at the uh, statistics uh, from MUFON, uh, <clears throat> it, it's, it's very interesting. You know, the, the top four are the United States, uh, uh, the uh, UK, uh, mostly the English-speaking places. And then it starts to rapidly diminish uh, as far as, you know, a lot of people in Europe. And then, you know, some in South America, although there's a lot of cases in South America, but I think in a, a lot of instances, there's not a way for these people to connect with the internet even, <laughs> you know, 
based on where they're located. Uh, but it, it's it's definitely worldwide. It's definitely worldwide phenomena, and uh, we'll we'll help anybody anywhere uh, as best we can. And a lot of times, uh, the best thing we can do is to have them part of the support group because then they know they're not alone. That they have people that they can talk to uh, about their situation. So it's it's proven to be probably the most beneficial thing that we do for people. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's always tough when people have instances and um, they don't want to reach out, you know, obviously they want to be ridiculed or they want to be, a lot of people just don't believe in these kind of things and they just start making fun of them. So they yeah. just don't say anything. And that's very unfortunate, right. but exactly. Um, exactly. You hit the nail right on the head, Paul. Yeah. It's, it's, Especially when it comes like from within your own family, that's even worse. Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Think, you know, they, your own family thinks you're crazy. You know, it's like <laughs> that. That hurts. That really hurts. <laughs> sure. No. Yeah. So if if anybody out there is actually, well, you know, what's interesting, I you know I I've been married for over fifty two years now, and my wife puts up with me <laughs> doing all this. Sure. She, she believes that we're not alone in the universe, but that's about as far as it goes with her, you know. And uh, and my kids, my kids, uh, I've got a couple of daughters, and you know, in their forties, and uh, they uh, they 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 don't laugh about it though. They they understand, uh, you know, I'm I'm interested, and so they, they support me. And then the grandkids. Some of them are really into it, and others are just, you know, forget it. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to deal with it. But uh, overall, the, the family has been very supportive of what I'm doing. My, my, my thought process. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an acquired taste. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, well, I guess my wife's kind of in the same boat. She knows what I, what I do. Besides that, she could care less. It's just like oh, you're gonna <laughs> yeah. you're gonna do your thing over there. I right, well, you know, so she's she's gone. But um, so it's That's yeah, right. we're both. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Mr. Villas, um, I really appreciate your time. Um, if anybody yeah. is definitely wanting to reach out, please, please, please reach out. To org. Uh, you can get your information sent in. They'll reach out to you. Uh, you guys can go ahead and let them know what's going on. If you guys group as well so you guys are around like-minded individuals if you guys have experiences and such um, you can go ahead and do that there as well we will have the link uh, to the website as well as the book in the show notes down below uh, go ahead and take a look at that as well uh, and that website again is opus network uh, mr velez i appreciate your time sir um, i really appreciate you hopping out with us paul thank you so much i really appreciate you and and, and what you're doing uh, it, it's something that's really needed because I think eventually we'll reach critical mass and everybody will wake up one morning and say, yes, we're not alone, folks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we look forward to the day. Uh, thanks again. Um, for everybody else, if you guys are catching us on YouTube, like I mentioned before, and you aren't already a subscriber, a lot of you guys aren't to catch this show, um, just please consider hitting that subscribe really helps us out a lot you can go ahead and turn that bell icon so you guys don't miss an episode in the future thumbs up as well if you guys enjoy the work that we do here yeah. uh, maybe share a link to the show maybe share a link to you know with a friend family member if you want to share that work 
maybe not at work because a lot of people kind of get a little fussy about that. Um, it's all right. You know, we were just speaking about 9-11 and all those, all these years that it's happened, 9-11 is still one of those hotly contested uh, topics in an episode uh, with James Corbett talking about 9-11, which got taken off YouTube. Like, uh, they cited all kinds of crazy instances, why, and things like that, which were outrageous. Um, but if you guys follow us on Rumble, you can catch that episode on Rumble. That's still up there. It's just not up on YouTube. Uh, you can, if you guys are on the run on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple, iHeartRadio, at Truth Defender Podcast. And as always, if you guys want to send us an email uh, to myself or a guest, you guys want to share something with them as well, you want to come through, email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. I really appreciate everybody stopping in for another episode. Uh, we're going to be kind of hot and fast here. Um, we actually have an episode coming up on the 20th, and we have Pastor Bill Bean is coming back on as well. Effect, And then we will actually have uh, Bishop Larry Gators back on. He was supposed to be on on the 18th, but he had to push back. So we'll be back with him of this month. So stay tuned for that as well. Everybody stay safe out there. Best and most of all, stay frosty. Perfect. Perfect.